Hello, Eloise. Hello, Terry Ann. Hey. How are you today? I'm okay. Bit croaky, but I'm good. <laughs> I sound all husky today. Hello. <laughs> it sounds very good. Your voice. Perfect. So, today, what's on your mind? To- so today we're going to start another fairy tale, but uh, I'm not going to tell the whole thing. I'm just going to begin with bits and pieces. And uh, really, this is a spontaneous exploration. So we're going to go as in-depth as we both possibly can for the the new year. Mm. And, um, and we'll continue in future podcasts. You know, we'll see where we end today yeah. and go into future podcasts. You know, one of the things that is, is kind of interesting about exploring fairy tales that uh, we may not have mentioned is that it's very healing, right? It, it really helps you um, guide your life. You know, there might be morals, but, um, you know, I, I don't exactly like recipes for living um, as these rigid kind of recipes. Mm. But there are certain things within a fairy tale that shows us where we are in life. This much like the tarot, right? The tarot has a, when we do a reading, we, we almost have, um, within that particular reading, you could almost apply a fairy tale or a myth and you get to see where are, where are you in your story? I mean, there's the grand um, collective consciousness story, also karmic story you can be in. There can be a tiny story of your day yeah. and you, you run through that myth. Or you could go through a theme in a year, particular myth or story. So they really help guide you on what um, what is required in any given moment. I mean, usually we talk about responsibility and what that is. Um, what, yeah, what our personal responsibility is in our lives to ourselves. And, you know, that, that usually triggers uh, the idea that we're selfish, but there is healthy selfishness where we're serving self and in serving self, it's almost, the, well, you can use the the analogy you're serving divinity because divinity is within, which means you serve the whole, right? So these fairy tales seem to to bring that to light as well. So um, does that all make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. You wanted... uh, so I was yeah. talking to someone recently, and they started talking about nursery rhymes as being everything involved in those, and I'm like, yes, really, it's the same, you know. It is the same, the same idea. It's, it's kind of everywhere. Um, Even in movies, I love, you know, maybe that's something we could work with in the future, just a movie and, and see what, what works and what doesn't work. You know, sometimes when I see a movie, I go, no, they're, it doesn't feel like they're following the, um, the collective consciousness. I know. Right. It feels more like, yeah, it feels more like some ideological um, insistence. And, you know, there's such a fine line between what is an ideology and what is this tale, right? Because the moment you put words to it, we often filter the story 
right? So we, we need the story so we can keep exploring whatever you and I explore today may or may not be uh, the end result. There's still more to go into, right? Um, you know, so uh, whatever ideas you come up with or I come up with and um, anyone shares with us, these are part and parcel of what's what's going on. It's, it's all available to us. Uh, it's just that we need to learn to um, think, not be have a lazy kind of mind that just takes ideas and, and believes them and regurgitates them. That's a really lazy yeah. mind. The, the mind that thinks or the person that thinks is able to use the mind to conceive of new, new ideas. And usually when it's collective, it resonates within us. We feel a resonance. Um, it's, it's not really something we debate. There's definitely a resonance, mm. right? You know, I look at uh, Jordan Peterson and he's, he's tapping into the universal and has a huge following because people are resonating. And when you, when you dilute it down um, or, yeah, when you, when you dilute it down to an ideology and an argument, uh, it lacks um, depth. Yeah, it lacks depth, but also there's a rigidification of the mm. idea. And once that rigidifies and you're arguing it, then there's nothing really left to explore. Yeah. Which is what we're doing. I mean, there's infinite exploration. So happy to hear from everyone what they would like to to explore or even offer up as something that they've really um, thought about and resonated with. It would be wonderful to hear yeah. from you. The thing that's popping in my head is that there's a thing that I hear over and over that there's only seven stories. Have you that? Ah. Um, yeah, you know, since childhood, you know, all the stories have been done. Mm. Um, but when you look at all the different myths, they're just different ways of expressing yeah. it, yeah. right? So, um, the same I, cool. Yeah, it, it, you know, we, we've done quite a few stories in, um, in my tarot classes. We've done the Bible, the, just the beginning, hardly anything. Uh, that we've done it's just very little um you know creation and uh adam and eve which is very little and there's so much to go through you <laughs> could probably sit there for years on one you know one or two lines um then you know we've done here already cinderella and um the little mermaid the little mermaid and today we're going to do um the handless maiden so you know we as we explore, we can begin to see, well, are there, you know, how many variations on the theme is there, yeah. right? Cool. So I'm not going to make any conclusions because my, I, do, I don't know how many stories there are. Um, but when you look at the tarot cards, there are 78 cards, 22 major arcana, and there's really a story in, in each of the 22 major arcana that would vary things, right? If you, you have the fool, um, who is the jester, the trickster, but also the one who leaves his baggage behind, very Socratic, uh, where he knows nothing and moves further, you know, and when you know nothing, you can be that, 
that gesture, right? You can ask those yeah. questions from a space of I know nothing and it's very, it seems very tricky to people. And then you you go on through these 22 cards. I mean, if you get to 22, that's the world, the opening. You know, how, how do we get to that place where the whole world is is our oyster and all of possibility is ours and we are open to it rather than the fears that we have that close us down to possibility and say, and just um, are victim of the mind where the mind says, hey, if you do this, then that will happen. So, so you know, the mind works that way. It just looks at the past and, projects it on the future. And if you are a servant of your mind and you believe you are the mind and that your thoughts are yours and that you need to deal with them, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to limit possibility. So that's just two cards and, and very brief uh, descriptions of those cards, right? Yeah. And then you've got another um, uh, 20 cards to go through. So yeah, there are variations on the theme, but there are different ways that we can we can act in different um, possibilities that may or may not be in each tale, right? So it's just the complexity of it. There can be a simplification to say there are only seven stories, but you need so much variety, right, yeah. to, to help you see what all the possibilities are. So um, that's where we get the depth is what I would um, consider, right? Even if you have seven themes, there are seven different, there are many more different aspects that you can come to uh, within the story that may or may not be represented within a particular story. Mm. Right. My, I don't know all the stories, so I don't. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know the one we're doing now. So. <laughs> you don't know the one we're doing now. So we're going to go nice and slow. I'd like yeah. to work really slowly. And we're going to do this in, in little bits and bites. We're not going to really give you the whole thing right away. So the beginning of this story, The Handless Maiden, yeah. uh, begins with a, well, there's a man, a woman, and a daughter. So mother, father, and child. And the father is a, a businessman, and he's not doing very well. And it opens up where the devil arrives at, to this father. That's a good start. <laughs> a good start. And the devil offers him a deal, right? This, this is the first thing that happens. And he says, I will give you riches, <coughs> basically beyond measure. And all I want is this piece of land behind your house and anything that stands on it and the the father just thinks well that piece of land just has a tree on it i can give that so he does he makes the deal with the devil mm. and the devil says i will come back for whatever's on that land you know, at some point in time, the devil leaves and he has all of these riches. He He's just abundant. And the wife comes and says, what is going on that we have now this beautiful home and so much abundance? And he says, the devil came and offered <laughs> me a deal. And it's just for the piece of land with the tree on it behind the house. Mm -hmm. And the wife says, oh, no. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. 
And he says, what's the problem? He says, your daughter was standing on that piece of land. Oh. Right. Right. So, yeah. So, so now, you know, what's going on here? You know, in our lives, we have moments of deficit where things aren't going well. Right. It becomes very, very difficult. We, you know, we wish for, we have wishful thinking, don't we? Uh, we wish for things that, you know, could just appear and, and things that come easy um, usually are, are come with a sacrifice, right? Mm. Yeah, you normally have uh, to put work in to get riches. You normally have to do that. It's It's being responsible for what occurs in life right just just being handed everything when you think of um oftentimes this is very often someone is handed an inheritance now some do um make it they do take that inheritance and make it but very very often i don't know the percentages but when you think about it very often it dissipates Mm. the money just goes away Uh, it's the same with the lottery when people who um let's say are poor um they haven't any money they they and they might not even be in debt uh win the lottery statistically they usually end up spending all the money and they are in deeper debt Right. So let's say you win a million dollars and you buy three houses for your family at $250,000. Yeah. You've now spent $750,000, right? Two, four, six, $750,000 and you're left with 250. Do you have any uh, capacity to continue paying your taxes, the electricity bills, the mm. upkeep? What about the furniture that goes yeah. in? So you're clearly going to be in debt and so many people do that and you know you can make the number bigger and bigger and there's bigger spending right because you you kind of when you're when you have wishful thinking i wish for something and i'm not and and like you said you work for it but it's not only work it's it's also this ability to be responsible for each of your actions so if you're not responsible for something that you receive without making a payment to it, you, you usually toss it away. Yeah. Um, let's say you, so let's say you have a business and you offer something for free. The, the percentage of people are, that are going to use what is for free is a maximum of 2%. 2%. That's, that's so little. So you can hand out, let's say, you, you know, as we are, we do sessions, we hand out uh, 100,000 sessions, we're only going to get 2% of those freebies back. So yeah. what, what's going on there? What's, what's going on? So here he is receiving um, something for apparently to him nothing. So there is a payback. But and I'm not saying that he's, you know, this isn't necessarily about him losing his money because you don't know the rest of the story yet. But he already recognizes he's lost something and what's going on there. Right. So we're 
we're obviously blinded. So these stories I'm telling you about um, receiving money and being blind to how that money can be um, kept, number one, and also grow. Like, how do you take care of someone else? You're completely blind to that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah, we don't always see all of the situation or all of the consequences or all of the demands and the responsibility of things. Right. It's, it's kind of like looking at a movie star (coughs) and saying, oh, how wonderful their lives are. And you are completely blind to the details. Yeah. Like, what great, was the... I've won some money, but you're not looking at the... Yeah, you have no clue. There's complete blindness. This is so uh, important. In our lives, we have a particular perspective on life. And we're blind to all possibilities. So if if I don't, if I'm in a situation where, oh, you know, I want to have more you don't see what the possibilities are to gain more. And a lot of that entails taking a responsible action in life. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, you, you want to um, have a relationship. Yeah. But you're unwilling to be intimate. And I don't mean just sexually intimate. I mean, intimate and share uh, who you are. Yeah. With, with another person. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not going to tell the other person all uh, the things about myself till they actually commit to me. Yes. <laughs> right. So you're. I'm you're not going to tell someone. them I have a third leg until. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so so that lack of honesty, um, you know, you can either be in the relationship with the lack of honesty or you can continue and it's kind of falls apart Mm. right because there isn't that honesty that is required you know i've seen i've seen you know many relationships where the man is completely honest and the woman behind his back uh talks a lot about what she finds inadequate in him rather than stating what she wants and if he says no i'm not going to do that you know exactly where you stand yeah you can't convince the other Right. Or going into a business. So many people go into a business. So I, when I look at the tarot cards, one to four, oftentimes when someone is not responsible for all possibility, they will go start a business, figure out what to do, get it to grow and then figure it's stable. Right. That's number one to four. Mm-hmm. But five always comes in, which means the obstacles. Those are the things you've been blind to. The things that. I don't mean you personally, Eloise, but I mean you as in one, right? So one has been blind to what are all the details? Like, it looks really nice to have a business. Oh, you have a pretty office, clients coming in. (laughs) And then, you know, not realizing there are all of these other aspects. Yeah, all these other costs. Right. You you know, even just... um, you know, a simple thing like you have a business and your invoices need to be in sequential numbers. Yeah. And if they're not in those numbers, this is going to cause you a lot of problems. 
with with the government. You have to have it sequential. If you don't have these sequential, you can't just cut an invoice. Oh, I made a mistake on this invoice. I'll just throw it out. You can't do that. Mm. You know, you've got to keep it. And if you don't know that, um, it's going to come up in five. If you haven't charged enough in your business, it's going to come up where you need to charge more. Um, there, there's just so many different details that some people might be able to do. Some won't. You know, some people aren't designed for that. Mm. Um, they're, they're just not able to do it. And that's fine, too. They can get into partnerships uh, with other people who do it. They've got to find ways. But you do have to find ways to, to deal with things. Or you say, oh, no, I'd rather be an employee or work for a company and I'll, I'll do the particular job I love to do. I don't want this rest of the stuff that's... You know, being being in business doesn't necessarily mean you make more than others. Uh, I forget what it's called. What is it that makes more money? It's when you can take your business and it can it can be what's the word where it can grow kind of without you. But I forget the word. Um, I can't think. Yeah, it's it's a particular uh, term that denotes, um, let's say we take our business, but um, you can um, turn it into a franchise, let's say. Oh, okay, yeah. Right? Then you can really um, make business bigger. Otherwise, you know, people like you and I, we're making a salary. It's like working yeah. for a company, but we're not, yeah. right? But we've got added responsibilities, that some people, once they start a business, I've seen this over and over and over again um, with people. I've, I've given so much advice on business and oftentimes I'm received with a lot of anger. And they say, no, 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 you don't. I, I've been told several times when I start a business that I don't know what I'm talking about and I surely will fail. And of course, yeah. I didn't. I didn't fail. And within a year, they both failed. And, you know, I thought, wow, what's the difference between them and I? Well, you know, one of my differences, you just keep going and doing the work and it's all going to, going to manifest. Whereas the others were saying, no, no, if you do this, this and the other thing, um, that will get you something. And if it doesn't get you something, then you've got to stop. Right? Is that just something like yeah. that? I'm making it very simplistic. So really trying to, what I'm trying to kind of get as a picture without really stating any kind of rule, right, is that we are blind. That is the devil card. So that it's so beautiful that in The Handless Maiden, the devil arrives as a representation. So when you're offered something, it doesn't mean that particular thing is going to come without something you cannot see. Yeah. And, and on the global perspective, or the universal perspective, is that is part of karma. That is part of our responsibility to transmute our ignorance, the things that we are blind to, into wisdom, right? Because you can kind of look at life as every day, here's my adventure, and every day I am becoming more and more self-realized. Mm. And we don't, we don't obviously know we're seeking that. <laughs> But um, it's a funny thing that each time a conflict comes up, the conflict is the only thing that brings wisdom. Yeah. If you, if you don't have any conflicts, you would either be completely self-realized or 
you you just are not dealing with karma you're not transmuting wisdom right so so this situation is such a great representation of hey i've just been given a deal this sounds great mm. i'm not really going to look around at what i'm offering I'm not going to be responsible for what I'm offering. Yeah, I'm not going to go and, and check that piece of land before I agree to that. Yeah, because it's clear that the devil says, and everything on it, and the first thing you think, there's only a tree on it. Yeah. Right? You don't, you don't actually go and look. Yeah, walk him over there and go, well, this piece of land here. <laughs> oh, look, there's a squirrel. Do you want that? <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's really important that we are looking around to see because we're going to figure it out, right? Mm. Yeah. And there's so much growth from figuring it out. If we knew everything that was going to happen in advance, it would be so boring. Um, yeah, I've heard that one before, but... Um, I don't think we can know everything that's going to happen, first of all. No. But second of all... We wouldn't want to. It, I don't know if it's about boring. Yeah, I've thought about this a lot. Oh, okay. I can tell. A lot. And I haven't talked about it in a long time because I heard it so often that it would be boring. I even said it a couple of times. I thought, Really? If I am not in conflict and I'm fully engaged in the waves of the ocean, am I bored? Right? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. Thinking about the fact that I know if I knew everything that was going to happen in a day, I'd be bored. Yeah, you'd have to know a lot, right? That means yeah. you would, yeah, you'd have to know a heck of a lot. Yeah. But you still pass through it in the moment you knew it. Yeah. It's an interesting concept, yeah. but hmm. I'm not sure we'd ever be bored. <laughs> and also we know we can we can change things through our consciousness or we might not even at some point we might not care. Yes. You you so so I ended up um, talking, sorry. I was talking to a friend of mine who's in his 20s the other day and he was we were talking about death and he was like oh you'll probably live to 120 and I went I don't think I want to I'd be bored by then <laughs> that's what came into my head well that will change as you get older yeah yeah, yeah you 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 never you never feel you never uh, feel your age the age yeah. you're at yeah you look in the mirror and you go, who the heck is that wrinkly old beast? But um, you don't necessarily want to die. There's just so much yeah. that you can still do, even if the body doesn't function well, there's so much to do. Mm. Um, there's there's just so much left to read and consider and and just enjoy. Mm. You know, there is there is this beauty of just sitting outside and watching the snow, which I do quite often. Oh, I don't get yeah. to do that very often. <laughs> no, but it's, yeah, but it's beautiful. Yeah, going out, sitting yeah. in the snow or sitting on the, in the, in the beauty of the summer. Yeah. 
Yeah. I get still on the beach. So, okay. so again, we're, this is so beautiful what we're talking about because we're state, let's say we state, both of us, that, oh, if I knew everything, I'd be bored. We're also at this moment not seeing the possibility, even if you knew that. So it's, it's stating a conclusion about a state you are unaware of. You're only conceiving it. Yes. Right? So, so if I, I conceive that I know everything that's going to happen in, in a day, oh, I will be bored. But I, I really, really doubt that in that understanding, if somebody knows that, that the conclusion is boredom. Yeah. I just, I just, I would just say, no, we're, we would do the same as, as the devil. We're blind to something we cannot see. Yeah. Because we never have experienced that state. Yes. Right? So you've got I've a, never a been, awareness. So, yeah. so this is a great example of you've never experienced, let's say, being a very rich person. Yeah. If you've never experienced being a really rich person, you may not see all of the nuances that are carried out to keep that uh, money in place mm. and to, to keep it growing. And what's required to amass that? Yeah. You know, oftentimes the, the people with more wealth are very intelligent. Oftentimes, you know, they, they work a lot. You know, I know millionaires and they, they work, they continue to work seven days a week. Um, they do that a lot, right? Yeah. It's pretty fantastic to, um, to do that and keep on top of everything. And they have a particular uh, stamina. You know, I, I don't have the stamina to start dealing with, you know, businesses uh, 15 hours a day. My stamina is I deal with my business and people and I, I work slowly the way I'm working now. So I know what I'm about and what I can do. And um, I work with that. I'm responsible for it and I allow it to um grow and I take care of it and I nurture it just like a, a tree. <coughs> right. Yes, it's so interesting that this guy is having trouble. And when you're having trouble and you're offered something, you might give away something easily. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because you're not looking at the big picture. Right? It's always beware of the devil offering you something. <laughs> yes. If he turned off, I would be questioning a lot. <laughs> yeah. But we wouldn't know. It yeah. Yeah, it's, it's take a few moments to meditate on it, to consider and to look around and maybe ask, you know, like you said, ask some questions and, and figure it out, know what Is you're this doing. Why sometimes things feel too good to be true. Like, you know, someone yeah. says to you, oh, you could do this in your business and you just push it, put it away and you don't act on it because you're like, well, it could be too good to be true and there could be too many other things coming along with it. When things are too good to be true, um, yes, you can be like, like somebody's offer you, offering you something, it's too good to be true. You might take your time and be trepidatious to see whether the offer is valid or not. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, people, there are all these, you know, scam telemarketers out there <laughs> and they they do some nasty stuff. 
they'll call up an old elderly person. That yeah. person, let's say, has $50,000. And they tell them, look, uh, you've won, you know, a million dollars. All you need to do is send $25,000 to pay the taxes on the million. Yeah. And then we'll release, we'll release the, money. the money. But there'll be a second payment of another $25,000 that has to release it at customs. They do these very, yeah. you know, yeah. I've, I've seen these guys do this. I actually I, met someone in a supermarket who was on the phone to one of these scam artists the other day. Yeah. And um, the person does it and, of course, never sees the money and yeah. has given away their, their complete, life savings. Yeah. Their so, you know, this is where you ask questions. Mm. Right? Yeah. This is where you, try, you know, if you've won something, well, there's a million dollars, you pay the taxes off it. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to pay the taxes off it. You've got the million. Just do it, right? Being suspicious, checking it out, uh, finding the name of the company, getting, uh, getting someone involved at the minimum. Yeah. You know, if you spend $1,000 or $2,000 on a lawyer, way better than giving up $25,000 to someone who's called you on the phone. But people do this a lot. Yeah. Have you ever heard it's, of it's, the, um, there's a comedian in the UK called James Beach? He emails back all the scam artists. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, and frustrates them. Yeah, it just causes them mayhem, but it's still there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is it is very funny. Very funny. But the but, but the people, opposite is the tragedy. Yeah, the tragedy that people do not ask questions and they go through it. Yeah. So, so that's not quite too good to be true. Those are people who go, wow, I've just, you know, been given something for nothing, which, you know, the, the tales tell you something for nothing. There's why, um, why would the devil ask for that piece of land? And why would, well, why would somebody give you something for nothing? Yeah. Right. And why would, um, yeah, it doesn't seem, well, you know, I've, I've said this before, but um, Gurdjieff uh, talked about the possibility of receiving something without giving something. And he's, he uses the words you have to pay for it, but it, it's not about money. Right? Mm. It's, it's paying for it. Like you could, you could go to a guru somewhere. And you you don't actually have to give any money. They'll they'll let you in, um, but your payment is devotion. Your payment might be cooking food. Mm. You know, your payment might be, and your payment also is that you've given up your life to get there. Yeah. Right. So so there's there's this exchange in the universe. It's the it's it's a law, and you see that as that mayhem will arise if you are receiving something for nothing, right? You buy a lot of ticket. Mm. You've, you've done something to receive something, right? But, but if you just get a phone call, you've done nothing and yes. you're receiving something. Yeah. This, is, this is something that, that tells you that maybe, maybe the devil's involved here. Mm. And the devil really denotes blindness, right? So he, he, he brings this light to the person and showing you the light, but that light almost blinds you 
right? But you're already blind. You already don't know all of the possibilities. So he comes in and shines a light on it, offers you this deal, and then you you end up paying for it in ways that you can't you can't believe, which is going to be the next part of the story. So I'm going to end here, Ooh. and we will continue on what happens after the wife says, but your daughter was on yeah. that land. So we have a cliffhanger. cliffhanger. <laughs> no, okay. no Googling it between now and next week. <laughs> no Googling. Okay. Because I'm going to tell my version yeah. of the story. Okay, great. Thanks, Terry Ann. We'll speak next week. All right, love. Have a great yeah. day. Bye. Bye.